The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Practical Spirituality. Positive Messages. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Jackie Fernandez, Rev. Skip Jennings, and Faith Rivera. I'm Reverend Skip Jennings. Rev. Jackie Fernandez. And aloha, it's Faith Rivera. And here we are wrapping up February, our love month. Already. <laughs> it feels like such a short month. It's not, it's not only the love month, it's Black History Month as well. Yeah. And, you know, we used to joke when I was growing up, why do black people get the shortest month? Um, but <laughs> we, used to, we used to laugh about it. But you know what it is? Black History Month was actually for um, the birthday of um, of um, Lincoln and yeah. also, um, I want to say, is it Frederick Douglass, I think, as yeah. well? Yes. And so those are the two that we celebrate in February. But I'm so grateful that it is Love Month with Black History Month. It's yeah. just a reminder of love yourself no matter what. This is what this show is all about. You love yourself because you are who you are. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I love y'all. <laughs> well, I we love, love you. you. We love you. I mean, I was thinking you gave, you delivered a talk, right, this past Sunday, Rev Skip. Again. How did that go on this topic, right? Celebrating. Tell us, tell us about this. This it, 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 We went deep. We went deep. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. part of my talk at the very end, I introduced a lot of people to George Washington Carver. A lot of people did not know George Washington Carver, knew all the great things that this Mm -hmm. ancestor has created. And I and I I said it, you know, do you have peanut butter in your cabinet? Everyone said, Yeah. Do you have antiseptics in your cabinet? Everyone, yeah. Do you have this and this (laughs) and this and this? And the legacy of George Washington Carver has touched all of us. Period. Mm -hmm. This is an ancestor that's in everyone's home. Pretty much, I would say 90%. But the greatest thing about George Washington Carver, which I love, is that he actually went to India to work with Gandhi so they could help, you know, the the Indians were having challenges with nutrition. And George Washington Carver helped them to restore their soil so they can continue to eat. So um, what I love about Black History Month is not only remembering the struggles or the challenges, but the victories 
and the breakthroughs that we have made as a community that affects the world global. So that's the talk, talk went really well. I think so. Well, I was like, thank you for sharing with me. I didn't know all that about, well, about your that ancestor. Now I know and something yeah. I can share with my kids. And do you guys find it interesting? I mean, this is the love month, black history month. And for me personally, we had all of our in-laws come in and we've had a lot of love and a lot of, <laughs> I've seen a lot of, what can I say? People moving through, hopefully moving through some stuff. And, you know, I don't have to tell you the whole long story, but it landed on my doorstep, <laughs> like meaning dead in my house. And, I did good, y'all. I mean, I lost it for probably like the one night. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, because I watched it play out. I'm like, so I'm going to choose something else. So, And now we know what's going on, what's unfolding in our world right now with Ukraine and, you know, seeing my feed. And um, so I'm so excited about our talk today. We get to go deep, yeah. feeling yeah. what feels broken. And it and, always starts and, with us. So anyway, I don't want to talk too much, but how about you, Rev Jackie? No, I was going to say, Thank you for bringing us into the mix. When you were going through it, you texted us and said, I'm going through it. So myself and Reverend Jackie got a chance to pray for you without knowing the details. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to break in, but Reverend Jackie. Yeah, I was just going to say, and what I love, Faith, is that you talked about, like, you, you were kind of in it, and then you pulled yourself out of it, <laughs> you know? And it's like, and that's like the whole human experience, right? We step in it. <laughs> And then we can make a choice to pull ourselves out of it or reach out and, and reach up, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I did my, my focus wheel, for those of you that haven't heard, Abraham Hicks, where, you you know, you take the thing that is bugging you and you transform that statement and you say statements around it till you get there. I did that. And this morning, um, you know, what I thought was going to unfold, it just was like, oh, oh, everything changed. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But I'm not getting too attached, right? Because I'm like unconditional girl. <laughs> if it shows up on the doorstep. You and know, Reverend so. Jackie, I want to ask you, what is um, what is coming up for you when we're hearing about what's happening in Ukraine? Um, part of it has been the lying eyes, which we talk about in the Hindu faith and into yoga, that we cannot look with our lying eyes. It says that you are separate. You are separate. We are separate from each other. It feels like this world is in a place of separation, but that's the lying eyes because we know that God is unity God is love. Yeah. But what's coming up for you for Absolutely. Ukraine? You know, I, I, it's so interesting that you say that because what's really present to me is that, you know, we might think what's happening over there, but it's happening right here in each yes. of us. You know, it is, there's not any one thing that can happen anywhere on this planet or in the universe that doesn't happen to all of us at the same time. So I've been, you know, acutely aware and following and really just praying and breathing and you know seeing the footage on the news waking up to like the tanks rolling in and across the border and the missiles in the sky and and just um grace for humanity grace that we are people doing peopley things on this planet and i and i and i use the word we very intentionally um so as not to vilify any one of us um so it it is taking me to that kind of place. You're doing the same work. It's all the same yeah. work. We're yeah. in it. We're all in it yeah. right now. And mm -hmm. so 
I think it's so important. That's why we, you know, that we have this yeah. conversation today. And do you guys feel good? I'm going to bring on our guests. Do um, yeah, we can continue the conversation with our guests too. Oh, I'm sure she yes. had something to say about it as well. No, no, I think it, it ties directly in because yeah. we, we have June Dillinger, who's right like down the street from here, here in Hawaii. She's a licensed Unity teacher, a coach, an author of this book called, you know, The Benefit of the X, Making Love Visible When Everything Changes. Is everything changing? Looking at tanks? rolling in you know so but uh, um let's say everyone on this island knows her because she's um she's beautiful from the inside out and the power and authenticity of her love is like you can't not not see her and feel her so let's welcome in june dillinger <laughs> welcome oh welcome aloha. What a beautiful introduction and aloha and good morning faith and reverend skip and Reverend Jackie, so I'm I'm honored to be here with you. Thank you, especially since it's the last Sunday of love, which is not really the last Sunday of love. <laughs> it's all about love all the time, but in February. So thank you for including me this month. Yeah. Mm. Well, Rev June, you know, people don't usually think of, <laughs> yay, let's have our last speaker be on, you know, about your ex, but we know love is love anywhere it is. And that's why we'd love to have you here. We all have those broken stories, those places that we need, you know, that love to come in. So... I don't know what. What but are you feeling in your but heart? Faith, uh, Faith, I'm going to say something really quickly. Yeah. Isn't our ex, and we even bring our ex. Isn't our ex about the experience of love? It's like how love just changes. This is all yes. the to- the totality of love. It's yes. not compartmentalized. Love is here when it's feeling good. Yes. But love is over here when it's feeling stanky. It's <laughs> it's, it's it's all love, right, Jude? It's yeah, can we get love. that on a t-shirt? <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, Rev Skip, when you said. Black History Month and the month of love in 28 days, like it's all love. That's what the benefit of the ex is. It's not just the ex-lover, the ex-boyfriend. It could be the ex-boss. It could be the ex-neighbor. It could be the ex-experience. It's like, how are we choosing to handle the experience of what came up for us? And where are we willing to move forward? If we say what, what it is that we want, what are we willing to do to hold ourselves capable and responsible of love for self first bottom line yes amen we're saying amen we're like kind of of like that statement like what would jesus do i I think about that every now and then i'm like okay so um what would buddha do what what would uh the prophet rev skip do what would the prophet faith rivera do and have these inspiring people like what would what would love do um Recently, I was on a clubhouse uh, random acts of kindness group, and I could never really get behind that statement because I didn't know what my my stepfather had it on his bumper. I'm like, why does it have to be random? Why, 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 why couldn't all acts be of <laughs> kindness? And so as I leaned into that, that, that phraseology and making love visible came up as the subtitle for my book. I was working with a coach and he said, you have to have an ING because it's a self-help book and the benefit of the X is not enough. I'm like, I'm not changing the title. I like it. It's snarky. It's real. It's edgy. It's uncomfortable. Like there's no benefit to my ex, but the truth is no matter what the story is, there's a benefit. And so when making love visible came up, it was actually thanks to a friend of mine who hopped out of my car one day and she said, June, wherever you go, you just really make love visible. And it rolled into the title of the book and back to at random acts of kindness, making love visible is the same as aloha 
or random acts of kindness. It's all the same. What are we, how are we being on a daily basis? And that's what the book is all about. And that's what every day should be about. Not just when I feel like it or because um, they were kind to me, right? Yeah. Therein lies the work, <laughs> right? It's easy when uh, kindness is apparent. It's easy, you know, when love is apparent, but less so when um, the daggers and the missiles come flying at us. Exactly, uh, Rev. Jackie. And that's what you said when you mentioned um, the Ukraine. Um, we all have daggers and missiles in our lives. What do they look like and how are we dealing with them right here and right now? Here I'm sitting in lovely Honolulu. The trade winds are blowing. I'm thinking about going surfing later on, working on my wedding website. And in the meantime, can I stop and hold everyone in prayer, those that have families in the Ukraine? And what about the people in Russia? I mean, probably some people are flipping, like, what are the, we're doing this again? And so how can we be about love from ourselves first? That's a very important part of what I was saying to a client, because we really did a lot of prayer around it. it was That was the focus of our session was prayer for Russia and the Ukraine. Can't speak today, Ukraine, um, because there are more people in Russia right now saying, we don't want war again. We don't want to go through this. It has broken us, broken us down because there are sanctions. The rubles now crashing. And it's affecting our stock market. I believe if you would ask the people of Russia if they wanted war or peace, they would vote for peace. Love. Most people want to choose love. It's our, you know, our leaders that are choosing to move this way. And I heard 45 saying, oh, this is great. This is brilliant. We should, and I'm going 45. Are you kidding me? But I'm not surprised yet. Surprised, but not surprised. Um, so anyway, I didn't want to get political here, but... Some days you have to be. Some days you got to speak the word. <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. Um, it leads me to the thought of prayer and that word. Um, gosh, it's probably been 17 years ago or it was 19 years this year when my father died. And um, one of his patients who, who knew me since I was a young girl said, you know, we trusted your dad. Um, we want you to trust us and uh, come to unity. And I, I said, well, what is it? And they said, oh, it's a spiritual movement. I'm like, mm, what does that mean? And they said, um, it's a church. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to church. I grew up Methodist. I've had a break. You know, I'm, I'm really, really happy. And they're like, no, June, we love you. We've known you since you were a little girl. We want you to trust us like we trusted your father. Well, that, I felt like I was sort of being like pigeonholed into this whole um, guilt thing. And I went. And so I found myself after having done a ton of self-development work from Sai Seminars to Landmark to Ikepono, um, all of a sudden in the back row at Unity on a Saturday, because I knew there would be the least amount of people there and I wouldn't be seen. I could tiptoe in. I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to church. And um, I'm going to just tell all of you that I, I stood in the back row and wept. I just wept. And I'm like, what on earth is going on with me? We held hands. We sang um, Aloha Oi and a bunch of other, there were like, let there be peace on earth. And I remember when my mother's church choir sang that song. And so my unity experience began with self, like all the other self-development work I did 
led up to that time. And then I began to listen to um, Abraham, Esther Hicks. And the first question she said was right when her book, Ask and It Is Given, came out and The Secret and all of that, all of that fluff. And, but it was about asking. And all of a sudden, the unity work and um, Abraham's work came together for me. And in this process, as I began to discover my own light, and if there are any listeners that have heard this story before, well, you're going to hear it again. Um, I told my mother one day, I said, Mom, don't tell anybody I've been to Unity five times this week. They might think I'm a born again. <laughs> and she says, Junie, as long as you feel good and you're happy, you don't need to be bothered with what anybody else is thinking. You just keep on going. And then I became a Sunday school teacher. And then I ended up in the licensed Unity teacher program. And, and I began to understand who I was, not from a level of conceit, but of humility and celebrating the life and the light that was in me. And it supported me in going through this book and putting the pieces together for the benefit of the ex. And, and um, even in my own struggles and relationship now, I'm like, you can't write a book called The Benefit of the Ex and not do this work. And I'm like, gosh, darn it, this sucks, but it's true. And so to be in it. And so when, when we think about the big scope of what love is, it's everywhere present. And it's such an enormous word especially when we bring it back to ourself and how do we deal with it in a moment by moment basis in order to fit in with our own minds and the neighbors and our, and our lovers and our enemies and the people with road rage and the people in Ukraine. And it comes, I'm going to bring it back one more time to stillness and prayer. Um, and so I, I absolutely believe that the, the breath of, stillness and prayer helps there's a larger support group and it comes through the endless i love it when they say on sunday your your unity prayers will go into the unity prayer box and then be sent off to unity uh village and they'll be prayed forever until the end of time and there is no end of time so you'll your prayers will last forever so i'm just like yeah baby and then you can call the i mean i have the unity hotline prayer on speed dial because it just works last, you know, I just, you know what? Oh, here, let me share the unity hotline for the prayer. I share it probably once every couple of weeks with somebody. So the, the journey of self-love is it's definitely challenging. And then one of you mentioned earlier, speaking, sharing your voice and being willing to be vulnerable and authentic and heard because oftentimes it's me hearing my own voice. and like, well, that was, that was that. Wow. You really said that out loud. Uh, where do you need to heal, Miss Dillinger? What, what about you is a little bit off and you actually said that out loud. Maybe you, maybe if you had responded before you reacted with all of this pity party stuff, things would have gotten sorted out a little bit more and a little bit more self-prayer and self, um, um, self-silence would help. <laughs> That was your outside voice. You use your outside voice. Your turn. I'm turning. I'm going to silent for a moment. Well, I, you know, I, I love what you're saying, um, and I'm curious. So, in a word, what is the benefit of the X? Accountability. Ooh, that's good. Admit, Reverend yeah. Jackie, can I add two more words to that? May yes, ma'am. Of course accountability to self okay that's the true benefit 
Um, and the book is not just for people that have, have exes, boyfriends, girlfriends, or whatever. It's for everyone because it's that discovery of how are we accountable to ourselves first so that we can be real, so that we can be authentic because we, we come to our relationships with programs from childhood, whether they were from parents or, or caretakers or schools or uh, friends or peers or people that we wanna be like, or um, even right down to the imposter syndrome and, and how, how do we own who we really are and what our dreams are? And it comes back to asking, what do so, I want? June, can I ask then just, you know, for clarity for myself, right? You're saying, so Jackie asked, what is the benefit of the X? You said accountability to self. So for me, what that means to me is I've found the benefit is that I get my stuff or my shit, you know what I mean? My stuff straight, right? It's almost not even about the X, right? It always leads to the same destination, which is peace within myself, the love and the self-worth, which is, is, all, is, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And that's not the other. Mm-hmm. Yes. The subtitle is making love visible when everything changes. Because the, the better part of, of humanity, I mean, that, that's where there's light and, not, light and dark. There's opposites so that we can actually see, so we can grow from this. So most people come out of a relationship and they're pissed off or mad or he owes me this or she owes me that or she did this to me. There's a victim. Were you body. there? That's what I want to ask is, or were you always just already in the benefit of it, a straight out the gate? I mean, was there a process for you to make your way there? Excellent question. I was never in the anger. Well, there was a point where I was angry, but it was only because I didn't know who I was. I went into the relationship with a man that, oh my gosh, he was tall, dark, and handsome. He was an, a, a triathlete, which there was no such thing as a triathlete back then. I mean, the Kona Ironman was actually held on Oahu. That's how long ago it was. And he swam, bike, and ran. And I just wanted to be with Ray Wu. I wanted to go wherever Ray went. So I wanted to be like him. And I knew that he was from a a good, strong Chinese family. He was first generation. They were all committed. He owned a car. He had an apartment. He had a, a job and he loved his life. And he had great friends. And those all felt like qualities that I wanted to have in my life. And so as I went into this, I hadn't ever spent any time developing who I was. And by the time our relationship, I'm going to say eroded, was because I didn't want to bike. I didn't want to swim. I didn't want to do any of that stuff. I just wanted to be with him. And he was off doing his life. No fault of his own. I could have been doing it just fine. And now Mm. the man owns two running stores here on Oahu. And he's a great success. And his wife is lovely. He's been married, I think, 11 years. And like she came and played at my, my book signing event. I'm like, he's your husband now. That's good. I'm glad for that. But there was a part of it was more like self-resentment that I waited that long, but we had a child. Wait, that's a good term. Self-resentment. Okay, sorry. Note to self. (laughs) Self-resentment because I wasn't willing to be accountable to me because I didn't want to break up the idea that I'm going to be a divorced person. What will my family say? It's a cultural mix. I'm Caucasian and he's uh, Chinese. Um, So there's a uh, cultural mix relationships don't work. Uh, you know, there's just all these stories, unsuccessful, unsuccessful. And it it kind of, it goes back to my roots and where I came from and how I was raised. Even though my parents divorced when I was um, a little girl, there's still this image that relationships are supposed to stick. You're not supposed to have more than one partner. You're not supposed to have multiple lovers. And so the idea of more was over, how do I get honest with me? 
And I worked for Delta Airlines for a little over a decade. And during this process, I began to notice other men. And I knew that I knew that I wasn't right with me and I wasn't right with Ray and there had to be something done. And even though we went to counseling and I tried to get around it, there was already this movement of like, I, I just, I need, I need more. I don't know what it is, but it's not fair for us to be in this relationship. And then my father said to me, June, let Ray be Ray and you be you. Let Ray be Ray and you be you. And I began to see Ray as a different light than me. Not, not, it wasn't like one plus one equals two. I'm working on one plus one equals three. I'm working on the biggest picture possible. And so as I saw this, this transformation occur, I saw that there was a whole, a whole army of love available to support me and to support him. And it didn't need to be anger, but there was a lot that I had to go through to get there. And I believe that everybody does because we all have these stories that we hold that need a relationship needs to look a certain way. I'm loving what you're talking about. And I truly believe in my humble opinion and what I love about theology, it means theory. So this is my theory. (laughs) Nothing comes into our life uninvited, maybe consciously or subconsciously. It is there for a reason. Do you believe that is with our relationships as well? Absolutely. 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 (laughs) I have a, um, a friend who recently said, I didn't ask for this. And I heard it a couple of times. And finally, the second time I said, oh yeah, you did. And they said, nope, I didn't ask for it. I'm like, oh yeah, you did. You just didn't ask clearly. You just didn't ask clearly because you got everything you wanted. It just showed up looking this way. And so as that's why I say, ask for what you want, get as clear as possible. And the the second piece I definitely want to share to this, and it's in my book, is if you're looking for change and you're hurt and you're stuck and you don't know what the flip to do with your life, go be of service. Like go, go be of service. So this story is uh, translated in my book, but I'll give you a, a quick snapshot of it. So in this process, through all of the seminar work, I knew that I wanted to use my voice for the good. I had no idea how it would show up. So I just kept allowing myself to be open to what was coming to me. So I joined Toastmasters. And the first volunteer position I had was facilitating Toastmasters in the women's prison here in Honolulu on the Windward side. Hey, June, can you hold that thought? We have to go on a break. But when we come back, we want you to continue that story. All right. You got it. You got it. Okay. We'll be back, y'all. Awaken to the divine within. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org. Explore new thought philosophy and a lot more. Welcome back to Voices of Unity.
love with my best friend. I'm tripping on the fact that it's happened to me. It was starry-eyed in my dreaming. Now I'm believing in the love that's amazingly cool, cool, cool. 'Cause I found you, you, you. So here's what I promise to do. I promise to fall over and over again till we can't ever stop and we ain't fall deeper than I've ever been. Just fall over and over again till we can't ever stop and we ain't fall deeper than I've ever been. Fall for my best friend. Season, my heart has a reason. Just smiling till I have to. You're my Mona Lisa, forever I need you. 'Cause you're everything real and true, true, true. Only wanna be with you, you, you. So here's what I promise to do. I promise to fall over and over again till we catch up the start. That song for my hubby Nolan. You know, we met in sophomore year in high school, and we've so I haven't had an ex in that way, but that doesn't mean I haven't been through the journey, which has led me to the same journey. You know, you've been on June, which is what we're all on is that self love. And、uh, can you imagine if we told that self every ourselves、mm-hmm. that every day? I promise to fall in love over and over again with myself, with spirit, with life. So yeah. Let's keep falling in love. <laughs> that was magical. Thank you for sharing that, and that song was beautiful. And June, you're in the middle of a story. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, it was、uh, on behalf of、uh, facilitating Toastmasters in the women's prison. And this was the beginning, an, another piece to the beginning of me falling in love with myself、uh, was being able to support these women, hearing their voices by showing up on a weekly basis or by monthly basis. It didn't matter though, because you know when you have lots of broken parts that still need fixing. Fortunately, I had a mother that said, "Your life is still messed up. You need to be of service more." I'm like, "Oh, so twi- twice a month is not enough, or three times a month? Nope, it's not enough." And I happened to be sitting in Unity one Sunday, and 
there was the banner up over the top of the platform there and it said they were looking for prison ministers and I had just began my my journey into the licensed unity teacher program I was probably I don't know seven or eight classes in and I thought to myself well I've been asking there it is three days later after I had this conversation with my mother you know you ask and it shows up in ways that, that are unexpected but if you don't lean in then you get the same SOS and you're still calling out for help unless you really listen and allow your spirit to be your guide. And so I took on, I actually, I, I found out who was in charge of prison ministry. And when I finally reached this woman named Mari, she said, June, June Dillinger. I said, yes. And she said, I've been stalking you for six months just to find out who cuts your hair because for those of you that don't know, I have short white hair. I mean, like I'm a beacon one. I show up like, oh, there's June. So, I mean, you know, some people are hair people. Um, Rev Skip, I can see you're not a hair person. No, 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 no. Girlfriend, I am a hair person. I, I, I'm it's just, a touchy I, subject. And oh, I, wait, 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 no, no, no. I just didn't want to get all superficial, but I was going to say, girl, I love your hair. I, I'm, I'm, I, I love other hair on other people. So... Yeah. But he rock, he rocks a fine beard. But you know what? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm leaning in um, on while I know we're on radio. I'm leaning in to look at the visual. And I can see that thing is fine tuned. So there you go. Yeah. So anyway, back to this. So she said, "Of course you can join prison ministry." So for five years, I volunteered at the correctional facility and at the men's maximum penitentiary in Halava here on Oahu. And um, you know, I thought I was there for them, but I was really there for me. I watched my heart heal. I drove home listening to Ricky Byers, uh, all of her music, like crying my eyeballs out. And then I, I discovered Faith Rivera and she sang one of the songs that was a theme song for some of the self-development work I, I did about women. And I cried my eyeballs out coming home. And every day I began to heal a little bit more for, for where I was coming from. And it supported, it just supported me and seeing my own light. And through being of service, one day I was walking out of the correctional facility with Reverend Tony, who'd been in service probably now, I don't know, 35 or 40 years, every twice a week for decades here. She said, would you like to join my wedding business? And we're walking through a field down to our cars. And I said, doing what? And she said, performing weddings. And I looked over my right shoulder behind me and I looked over my left shoulder behind me. I'm like, and she, she jabs me and she says, June there's nobody else here. I'm talking to you. And I was floored. And she said, people love you. You connect with people. You give them your presence. The, 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 pris- the men in prison certainly love you. I mean, like they all want to talk to you. They don't want to talk to this old lady anymore. I'm like, come on. They love you, Tony. And she said, no, you're in the unity teacher program. I, I think you should join. And so I worked with her for six months. Now this has come from by being of service, right? I worked with her for six months And then I had some supports from some other people that said, Jim, we know you can do this yourself. Why don't you figure it out? So I asked Reverend Tony, look, I know I can do this myself, but I don't want to be competition. And I knew that she had a couple of upset apples in her years of um, wedding, the wedding industry here. So I wanted to be forthright. It felt like the right thing to do. Plus I loved her. And she said, June, there's enough love and money for everyone. How can I support you? Oh my God. That's a bumper sticker, June. There's There's enough love and money for everyone. How can I support you? Yeah. 
and and because of this, um, well, let's see, my wedding business is officially 12 years old. And with my company, uh, I have a bunch of, gosh, fantastic kahu and kumus, the Hawaiian wedding performers and traditional non-denominationals, those that speak Japanese, those that speak French. Um, we've served over a thousand couples from all over the world that have come to Oahu because there's enough love and money for everyone. And I'm happy to send people back to Tony if the, my price doesn't fit them. I'm like, no, you need to call them or you need to call Zenju or you need to call Love Letters. Or you need to call Jill Easy. Like there's just enough. There's just enough. And so by being of service, you discover your life. You discover the you of you. You discover what you do and don't. You discover your boundaries, what you're willing to tolerate, what you're not willing to let go of, what you hold dear. And you have to ask yourself, why? Why was this so important to me at this time? Maybe it was just good for that period. But what if you let go to that need to be right and lean into something new? And if it doesn't work, you can go back to your need to being right. But what if you just let go for a minute? <laughs> I am curious if I know, what would a June Dillinger wedding look like? Well, well I, I bet it's like fantastic. <laughs> you know what? The other day, it was um, 2-2-22, right? We were fortunate to have four weddings that day. Uh, two of them were out on the North Shore at Turtle Bay, and two of them were here in town. And um, we particularly love the intimate weddings where it's just the couple or the couple and their family. So usually not more than 25 people. And it's, oh my gosh, it was so incredible. This one couple, they were two wahinis, two women. Um, and actually they went by names that were more like they, them, uh, if you're familiar with that pronoun conversation. So we had uh, two of them with uh, unique names. And so we called them by their name. Uh, they came from Texas. Um, they had hair and makeup. They ordered a 1927 Packard. The white car with the big white wheel wells. And there was a chauffeur with a little chapeau, one of those little French berets and a vest. And and uh, so they came and they came out to the wedding. They had a unity sand ceremony. Uh, and it was just a Hawaiian performer with a lay exchange on the beach with Cocoa Head in the background and, and Coco Kai in the background and the water lapping on the shore. And, and then after the unity sand ceremony, they had a dove release. And so the minister shared a little history about doves and the turtle doves. And um, then they opened the basket together and then the birds sort of coursed off into the sky, flying and tumbling together before they flew off into the distance. And then when it was over, Rev Skip, they came out to their car and there was a red carpet rolled out for them. And the driver was standing there with a silver uh, tray and two glasses of free champagne, F-R-E, which is non-alcoholic because it has a cork and it's fun to pop. And the, the, the two of them, Hey, I can't tell you. It's bliss. Like this I'm is coming to you, Jesse. I'm going to marry myself. I'm coming to you, Jesse. Get married. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to marry myself. That, that was so amazing. That was so amazing. Yes. Maybe that's an offshoot of what we could create is self marriage. Oh, self marriage packages. Seriously. Yes. So, do you advise a prenup for that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me see your journal. <laughs> Let me see your journal. What are the last 10 books you've been reading? You know, oh. let's see. How have you been setting yourself up for success in your life? 
<laughs> Great question. Thanks for asking. Yeah, oh it's been, but it, it, but it only came through being of service. And so I'm beginning, I've been, I've been wanting to ask again, because I mean, there's time, talent, and treasure. And I've been able to give time and then I was able to give treasure. And I'm, I, I've thought to myself, so I, I like giving time. Time fulfills me too. And so when I spoke at Habilitat, the recovery center on the Windward side on Sunday night for 121 people in recovery, and Habilitat happens to be one of the five top rehabilitation centers in the nation. Um, I was able to share about my book and also um, this deck of cards called Heart Cards. And I'll share a little bit more about that, but um, I, I did it because I had an invitation to use my voice and to change lives for the better. Yeah. So June, for someone, you know, going through, you know, a, a really bad breakup right now, I mean, what are the, because we know the overall job, right, is to, to find that self-worth and that, you know, self-love. And so you gave a service. Are there any other things like tangible things that they can do, look to, you know, to, to start moving in, in the direction of, of the self-love versus focusing on the X, right? Absolutely. So in my book, The Benefit of the X, I don't have exercises. Lots of self-help books have exercises. And even when I was working with my editor, she said, exercise. I'm like, no, it's not an exercise. It's an invitation. And the reason why I use invitation is because one has to be ready to come to their own party. And so there has to be a, there has to be an allowing, there's got to be an invitation that says, okay, I'm ready for this, or I'm, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So there's a process that one goes through when they're ready to do the work faith. And, and so in this process, an invitation, it could come in journaling. Some people don't want to journal. Some people are not willing to meditate. So there are a variety of things that they can do, but you have to be ready and willing to play your life. Or you can just sit in it. And you also have to be willing to talk it out. Uh, as, a, as a coach, I coach today from today forward. I'm not a therapist, so I, I'm not busy trying to talk about your past and all the parts that were broken. I'm busy wanting to work with you today and moving forward. So I would ask you, what's holding you back from moving forward? You could share with me those things. And then I could say, what would work for you? And then you as a client or someone in the process of healing, you would sit still with me until you finally came up with an answer because you know better than me. You may know that exercise is what you need to do. You may know that getting back to unity is what you need to do. Your soul knows already. Your soul knows already and support is everywhere. It's a really, really tough question when one feels broken, really tough question. And so from my perspective, if I can lay out an invitation instead of an exercise, I'm sick and tired of doing exercises. An exercise makes me feel like I'm broken. But if there's an invitation, it sounds inviting, like, oh, that could be an interesting idea. I wonder if I could get behind that. Maybe I could just try it. And I know, you know, you hear there's no such thing as try. There's either do or don't do. You're either pregnant or you're not. <laughs> so, 
you know, <laughs> did you do it? That's why, that's why, again, accountability to self. Reverend Jackie asked in a word, right? And I said, accountability. So how are you being accountable to what it is that you say you really want? What are you doing? And if doing is stillness, are you doing stillness? Yeah. If doing is doing, then what are you doing? Well, I know you said you're a big, you know, Abraham Hicks is a big part of, you know, what you've followed. And so for me, I mean, their answer is, I don't want to, it's, it's easy to say, I don't know if it's easy to do, but it's to stop and have the stillness and ask what could feel better. What's another thing I could think? I mean, and it sounds like such a, like a non thing to do, but it is everything to check in of like, okay, I feel, ugh, and I don't want to, but you're right. You have to have the willingness to say like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I mean, I think that's where you have to come make a decision. Um, but it starts from there. And like you, I guess what you're saying is really finding that inspired action of what's next, but you definitely need the willingness. So I love the invitation. I love the yeah, invitation. And, and the source of availability. Sometimes, you know, friends can say the same. Like I have one girlfriend. She says, June, I've heard this story over and over again, and I'm just here to support and love you. Boom. That's it. And That's she's good. heard the broken story over and over and over again. And she says, June, I've heard this. And she said, I was wondering if you were going to make it over the hump this time. And, you know, you're sharing the same story and, you know, I'm here to support you. <laughs> and so, like I said, also when you have, whether it's a coach or a friend or a minister, somebody, a counselor, a therapist to listen and we get to hear our own voices. Finally, we get sick and tired of hearing our own voice telling the same story over and over and over again. So ask for what it is that you want. And even if you don't ask, it'll show up and it'll show you a a way because it's this or something better. We are always, always, always being set up for success. There's nothing that doesn't set us up for a better day. There's no prophet that didn't come here to set us up for a better day. There's no experience that didn't. Look, I was adopted at birth. My father was a student at Yale Medical College. On Christmas Eve, he slipped off an icy road and became a paraplegic. He went to Michigan to recover. His physical therapist was Margie. They fell in love. Oh, he's, a par- he's paralyzed. He's paralyzed from the nipple line down, right? And he's, a, he's just about to become a full-fledged general surgeon. But his hands don't work the same anymore. And so he had to change his whole form of medicine, and he went into psychiatry. So he, he and Margie, George and Margie, moved to... Uh, Topeka, Kansas, where he finished off his uh, degree. And then they moved to San Diego to La Jolla. They bought a house on Mount Soledad, one of nine homes back in the day, like 65 years ago. My mother still lives in the same house. My Barbie dolls are still in the cabinet. Anyway, um, I was adopted at birth because in the early 60s, artificial insemination wasn't a popular, I mean, it was like just a, a, a blip of conversation, right? And so I was raised sitting on my father's lap on a lap board. So I saw what judgment was about. And I learned it was a very, very, very wealthy Caucasian neighborhood. My parents were from the Midwest, super humble. I wore all homemade clothes. I rode a bicycle to school. All my friends had cars when they were 16. I always wanted a surfer boyfriend. But then when I heard that there was no life east of I-5, I said, "Uh uh-huh, I'm real curious about what's east of I-5. So my first boyfriend was Mexican. My second boyfriend was Mexican. And then I learned, then my parents came to Hawaii. They said, we want to take you over to Hawaii. My mom and my mom and stepdad, because both of my parents remarried. And um, when I came to Hawaii, oh my gosh, 
I saw all the brown skinned boys. And I said, June, 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 you down with the brown, baby. That's what we say. You down with the brown. Yes, girl. Yes. Yeah. I I just I love culture. And I like the feeling of aloha that I didn't feel like there was competition. And here, 40 years later, people say, you're so howly, you're so Caucasian, you're so white. How did you ever make it here? And here's my answer. I just didn't notice. That's great. I love it. That's brilliant. (laughs) I just didn't notice. Like, why? Why do you have to notice? Why do you have to judge? Why do you have to be like that? Why can't you just be Aloha? Aloha is actually a state statute. It is a state law. It was put into law in 1957. Like, does everybody know that? And do they actually live that way? What if everybody did? And so it's, I kind of lost, I went off on a random train, but my my point is, is that having grown up in that kind of environment really from the beginning invited me to look. And I don't know if I'm just like a unicorn out in, in my own universe doing my own thing or or what, but I'm telling you, uh, I just notice it. And I, I, I want others to feel the presence of themselves. Yeah. And, yes. you know, we could take a look at, we could take a look at the work that Jesus did. Oh, here's a good story. Prince, <laughs> you know, Prince, the musical artist. We, okay. are we, love we know Prince. we are massive we Prince fans. <laughs> we love Prince. So, so go on, sister girl. Proceed. <laughs> I'm going to be 60 in June and guess where I'm going? I'm going to Paisley Park. As soon as they open up tickets, I'm going to be on the yes. at Paisley Park. Awesome. I'm so excited. So if y'all want to meet me, you're welcome to. I'm super excited. And so, um, um, you know, happenstance, I meet people all over the place. And um, once upon a time, I met the director of the London Community Gospel Choir, Reverend Basil Mead. Amazing man. And um, Gosh, that, that might be a story for another time. I'll, I'll save the details later. But anyway, um, I asked him when he came to Honolulu to visit and he did a gospel workshop here. I asked him if you would like to play with anybody, sing backup, who would it be? Because his choir has sang backup for Madonna and for Sting and for some various other large groups. And somebody recently, I, I don't remember the name, but um, he said Prince. He said Prince. And I said, oh, let me see if I can make that happen. And I'm thinking to myself, June, who do you think you are? <laughs> but I'm going to make a call. So I called one of the local uh, concert producers here and he said, oh, June, long time no see. This was Alan Arato. And it was um, shortly after, um, um, gosh, I lost the other name, had passed. But um, Alan said, well, here's the phone number. So I called and I spoke to Prince's agent. And he said, um, oh, my gosh, he hasn't been to Honolulu in some years. And, you know, it's going to cost. It's, it's, he's not cheap. And I said, oh, I know. What would the fee be? And I've forgotten what it was. But um, I said, you know what? Let me speak to Basil because I think that this could probably work. Let's see what we can come up with. And um, he said, great, get back to me. And uh, three months later, Prince transitioned. And so... Um, um, this in conjunction with getting that close to just the idea of what we can create in our lives, like what, what's possible brings me to the Super Bowl when Prince performed. I don't know if any of you have watched that video, but there have been many times where I've wanted to do a sermon comparing the contrast and the similarities of Prince and Jesus. Because they were both men wow. on a mission. Yeah. Wow. They were men that on a mission. I love that sermon. It's, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm waiting to hear it so I can borrow from it. 
June, June. definitely. You know, we, we're, we're closing up this hour, and this is, it went so quickly. But we got to ask you, how can people contact you for that June Dillinger wedding that you can do and everything else that you do? Oh, my gosh. All right. So the easiest way, I'm just going to say my phone number is super simple. It sounds like a Hollywood number. Are you ready? Yes. It's 808, which is the uh, Hawaii area code. So 808. Oh, that's kind of like two infinity signs with a wholeness in the center. It right? sure is. There we go. That's my yeah. phone. <laughs> 808 330 5555. Yeah. Say it again. Say it again. Uh, you can find me at makinglovevisible.com, making love visible, and then also heartcardsglobal.com. Heartcardsglobal.com. Love it. I love it. I'm here well, for you. Thank you. It's been just a pleasure. And um, real quickly, my, my co-host, where are y'all this weekend? What are you what are y'all doing this weekend? We got a birthday bash happening at the house, so I'm off on Sunday. I'll be flipping pancakes Sunday morning for all the kiddos spending the night. And, uh, yeah, Miss Josie turns 19 on Monday. I love it. Love it. That's amazing. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And Faith Rivera, what are you doing this weekend? You're muted, baby. Doy. Okay, Friday, Saturday, you're going to have to contact me. It's called Our Global Mantra. It's a UNESCO project. I was part of it with women from around the world. It's being debuted via video. So um, I don't know. You're going to find me on Facebook. I have the invitations there. That's amazing. Awesome. Well, well, we don't have time, but next month we are celebrating our birthday, and it's Women's Month. It's Women's History Month next month, so we will yeah. see you in March, everybody. God bless. Bless you, everyone. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.